the 18th of June, 2008, episode 100. The Rookie Designer, with your host, Adam Hay. Let's take a look at the starting lineup. Well, it's not much of a climax climbing to this uh, 100 episodes on this thing, but, uh, you know, we're dealing with what we're dealing with. So today I wanted to talk about um, job searching again. I've actually been searching and uh, had a recent interview that was uh, one that I wanted to share because it was kind of different than all the others and I thought it was a good thing to talk about. So we're going to be talking about that, the job hunt and the interview process once again. All right, so a couple of things before we get into it. Um, again, just want to update everybody on what the status is of this podcast. Uh, as you know, if you've been listening and following along, I've kind of been contemplating what to do with this thing. It's becoming, it's really just gotten to the point where there's so much other stuff going on that I don't feel like I'm being able to give it the attention that it needs. I don't want to put something out there that's, you know, subpar. We kind of set a standard. We we raise the bar to a certain height with these shows, and obviously, you know, it's been there for a while because we are on episode number one hundred. But I don't want that to fall off. I don't want it to kind of dwindle down to this show that's like a shell of what it, what it used to be. And I feel like you know maybe it's not all the way there already, but it's getting there with things like you know, the content, maybe not being able to come up with uh, brilliant ideas for content all the time. But more than that, just being able to stick to the schedule that I set. You know, we used to do this every week, and it would come out on the same day every week. And then it was every other week that I wanted to put it out. And I've, you know, I tried my best to, to put it out on that, that same day every other week. And it just kind of went went south from there. And now we're at the point where it's, you know, I, I put a show out when I can. And that to me, I mean, that may not bother some people, but I've said it before and I'll say it again. I actually lost track of some podcasts because I didn't know when the next episode was coming out. And that was kind of annoying to me to have to go, you know, go to my iTunes or whatever, whatever I'm using to get my podcast and be like, okay, is today the day? Are they going to have a new one out today? And no, you know, so I, I don't want to do that to anyone else because it kind of annoyed me and kind of made me stop listening to some podcasts. So, <clears throat> excuse me, I've been trying to figure out what to do about this, and I really haven't come to a, a final decision on that. I'm going to do one more podcast after this for sure, because I'm in an advertising deal right now. So uh, I do want to stick to that. After that, I think what I've decided for now is we're going to take a hiatus. And that hiatus is going to be three months so three months from whenever this next show comes out, hopefully it'll be either next week or the week after that. I'm going to take three months off, try and uh, see what's going on, try and fulfill some of these things, these other obligations that I have and see if it settles down. And if it settles down after that three months, then maybe we'll try and, and start back up here again and get things going the way that they should be going, coming out on a consistent basis and, uh, really having that good quality that, that hopefully I got you guys used to. Um, like I said, it's not really a final decision because I'm not saying, you know, it's going to be this or it's going to be that. I enjoy making these podcasts and 
you know, I enjoy the feedback that I get from everybody that, that sounds like they're getting a lot out of it. And for those reasons, I definitely don't want to just stop doing it. But right now I just feel like it's kind of going in the tank and I don't want it to go there. So um, if, if after those three months, I feel like that's still where it's at, then it's probably just going to end at that point. But I will come back after that three months and give you guys a holler and let you know what's going on. And hopefully we can just start back up and uh, be re-energized by our little break. So that's the deal with that. Um, another another topic concerning this podcast is I recently had problems with the feed. And because of that, um, I basically just got a, an email or a notice from, from Apple or from iTunes telling me that they kicked my show out of the store because it wasn't working. You know, I didn't really get a warning saying, we're going to kick your show out if you don't fix the feed. It was kind of just wham, bang, and it was gone. So I have fixed the feed. I've resubmitted to the iTunes store. The problem with it right now is, and this probably isn't going to affect a lot of people that are listening to this right now because obviously you're already subscribed or you know, you found some other way to get it. Um, this maybe would be a message for anyone if you're listening straight from the website or something like that. If you want to subscribe in iTunes, there's a link on the podcast page at rookiedesigner.com slash rookie. And you can click on that link. It's on the right-hand side. It says subscribe in iTunes or subscribe to RD and iTunes. Click on that. It'll take you to the page in the iTunes store. The problem right now is it's there in the store, but you can't find it. I've tried several different ways going through the education category and just browsing through, but I can't find it. It's like there, but it's not listed. And you can't search for it either. It won't come up in the search results. So that's obviously a big problem. I'm trying to figure out you know, who I can talk to to get that fixed. Uh, I do remember that happening a long time ago as well. It got listed in the store, but you couldn't search for it. So I just got to try and talk to somebody about getting that fixed. It is still there though. You will still get the shows and hopefully everything will go smoothly. Thank you for those of you who pointed out that things weren't working correctly. I also actually had a problem with the App Clinic feed. Actually, it wasn't the feed. It was my donate, domain name actually expired without my knowing. So the site went away, thus the feed was gone. And uh, that one actually remained in the iTunes store. So I got it fixed before that one came out, thankfully. But uh, that one's back up and running as well. Uh, just a side note to that, anyone who is using a Mac and also is updated to the new operating system, uh, you should go take a look at the App Clinic from this week because I found a piece of software that's really great. And I, I kind of said on the show, you know, I think every graphic designer should have this software that's able to use it. And uh, everybody needs this kind of thing because what it does is it tracks your time and it actually tracks the time that you're that you're in and working on things in all the different applications. So it'll lay it out for you in a timeline. You spent X amount of minutes in Dreamweaver, X amount of minutes in Photoshop, X amount of minutes on email. So it's a great way to track your time. And, and like I've always said, tracking your time is super important because it helps you to be able to formulate better quotes for your clients. So if you're doing freelance, this is absolutely something you should be using. But it's only for Mac and it's only for Leopard users. So if you qualify for both of those, check it out. Check out the App Clinic on that. And uh, I'll just kind of make that a teaser and make you go watch the App Clinic to figure out which uh, application I'm actually talking about. Anything else? So we're taking a hiatus. I won't um, 
I won't harp on things too much, but I still ask that you let people know that where the site is and everything, because the site is going to remain up there. I'm going to be putting up, you know, things here and there. I'm hopefully going to be able to put up some more news. I still haven't really touched the whole news part of the website yet, but that resource is there for you in the forum. Definitely take advantage of the forum. That's always going to be there. It's not going away. So uh, tell people where the website is. They can always go back. You know, if they're brand new to this, there's a hundred new episodes that they can listen to that are new to them. So definitely spread the word and keep doing that for me. And, uh, you know, if you do have a topic that you'd like to hear on the show, absolutely send it in and I'll, I'll be keeping those because I can always use new topics. As I said, that's kind of one of the problems sometimes is being able to come up with original content that we can talk about. We've talked about things in a hundred different shows and I've already rehashed things in several of those, I'm sure. But, you know, I don't want to feel like I'm just going through and redoing everything that we've already talked about. So... If there's something that we haven't covered that you want to hear about, definitely send that my way. You can email it to me, whatever, however you want to get it to me. And uh, I'll put that away in the file and hopefully be able to use that as a, a new topic when the show hopefully comes back in three months. All right. The last piece of business is the sponsor. And we are sponsored by GoToMeeting. GoToMeeting makes a great piece of software that allows you to meet with other people all around the world. And it saves you tons of money, first of all, because nobody has to travel to come see you. You can actually show them what you're talking about and they don't have to be there. They can just log in through a browser and it's basically screen sharing. So you're actually showing them everything on your desktop and you're also having a phone conference with them at the same time. So it's all live. You can uh, maybe show them comps of things that you've been doing, show a client that's in a different state, you know, what you've been working on, maybe a website, go through different things and get instantaneous feedback from them. So it's a great thing for designers. Um, you also save money because you don't pay per the meeting and you don't pay per the minute. You pay one flat fee and you meet as many times as you want. So if you find yourself meeting with people a lot, this is going to save you a lot of money. So uh, if you want to try this for free, you can do that. Just go to this URL, gotomeeting.com slash tech podcasts. That's gotomeeting.com slash tech podcasts. And you'll be able to try that for 30 days. And you definitely should. It's a great piece of software. We use it at my full-time job. And I've found it very useful myself. So check it out when you get a chance. So one of the things that's been taking up much of my time lately, in addition to you know several other things, is looking for a new job again. I'm actually looking to relocate in the near future. And because of that, I'm obviously going to need a new job. But you know, as I've probably alluded to a couple of times here and there, a new job is probably something that's been you know on my list for quite some time now. I've been with the company that I'm with for like five years now, and I basically do the same thing again and again. And I'm sure some of you out there are probably in jobs like this. Uh, some of you will probably reach this point in a couple of years to where you're just kind of, you, you topped off. You know, you're not really getting things that maybe challenge you all the time. Every once in a while you do, but for the most part, it's just kind of become busy work almost. Now design, you ask, how can design become busy work? Um, well, it can. You know, when, when companies when marketing departments, when uh, creative directors, hopefully it's not creative directors, but when you get working with these people and you find yourself just going in circles, just grinding it out, nothing really changes. They're not, they're not uh, willing to take a chance on, on something new or try and you know freshen up what you guys 
are doing as far as marketing, then things can get kind of stale. Uh, also, with a job like mine where you're working web and it's a lot of maintenance stuff, that can get old fast too. Uh, there's nothing wrong with this. I mean, I think if anything, it shows that you're actually growing as, as a designer, that you're bored with your work. Because at one point, maybe this work was was good enough. Maybe it was uh, challenging enough for you. Maybe it was fulfilling for you to do this job. But once you get to that point where it's not, I think that shows that you've grown beyond those those that skill set that you needed to get those things done. And now you've kind of achieved this new plateau where you, you need something more challenging. You need something to, to throw curveballs at you or something like that so you can feel like you're actually getting something accomplished. Uh, that's kind of where I've been at for a while now. And, you know, a new job, while it might not automatically give me brand new challenges that are just making me work so hard and make me learn a lot, it can do that, but maybe it's just a, a change in environment. You know, every change is going to be a change in environment, the people that you're working with, which is one of the things that I'm looking for because I don't work, currently really work with anyone who does what I do. Uh, it also, you know, the daily tasks that you have to go through are going to be different. The way things are done, the procedures uh, of how things are done at the workplace are going to be different. And that's going to be, that's going to spice it up for you a bit as well. You know, people have different standards that they hold things to, and maybe that can actually help you become more interested in your job again. Um, but basically, I'm at this point, you know, I've been wanting a new job for a while. I want to do something new. Uh, I, I moved from print design to web design. I'm okay with that move. It's not something that I really find myself saying, oh, I want to just stay in web design. I like it way better. I would actually enjoy doing both in a new position. I would actually enjoy going back to print as well and not dealing with web and not dealing with uh, designing for Explorer. Um, but basically, I'm just looking for a new opportunity, new skills that I can gain from somewhere, and you know, just something more to add to that experience. You know, it's it's good to stay with one company for a long time. It looks good. There's some uh, devotion and dedication there that people can see when you've been somewhere for five, ten years. But it's just really not how things go these days. You know, everybody's looking for that next good opportunity. It's something else that's going to, you know, add to their portfolio or their resume that's going to make them more attractive to other people. You know, everybody wants to make more money. Everybody wants to increase their skills and, and become more marketable themselves. So uh, while staying with a, a company for a long time does still kind of look good, I mean, you don't want to be hopping around every six months. And I'm sure anyone, you know, if they tried doing that, they would find out really quick that that's not really that fun to do anyways, because looking for a job is a pain. Um, so we're talking about that today. I've been looking for a job, like I said, I've been using lots of different resources. I actually am a believer in, you know, using all the resources that are there, no matter what they are. I use Craigslist. A lot of people say, oh, Craigslist, you know, you don't find anything there. Well, some places you do, some places you don't. And you do have to be very cautious as to what you're looking at there. You have to uh, be careful because there's a lot of people up there that, that just want to throw something up there and want to pay somebody, you know, less than you would make at a hamburger joint. There's tons of that stuff up there, but there are also good ones. And you actually look at, I was just looking at a stat the other day on Craigslist of how many people uh, answer 
the different want ads that people put up there. And these stats have them comparing themselves to uh, like CareerBuilder, Monster.com, uh, Hotjobs, I think was one of them. Just like the major search engines, the places where people go to put their want ads up. And, you know, they were, it was basically in terms of how many people respond to the ad that you put up. So this is kind of geared towards those people who are putting the ads up, showing them, hey, lots of people answer our ads. And it was, it was like a landslide. More people go to Craigslist and answer ads there than they do pretty much anywhere else. And you got to, you got to understand that a lot of people probably have preconceptions about what Craigslist is. It's like a free resource for people to put stuff up. So why wouldn't somebody just put up some bogus job that makes almost no money? And why would, you know, some reputable company put a, a an ad up there? And actually, it's not free everywhere. To put up one ads in a couple of different cities, it actually costs money. It costs like 75 bucks to put an ad up in San Francisco. It costs $25 here in San Diego something like uh, 50 in LA or something like that. So some of these people are actually paying to put their ads up there. They just believe that it's a good resource and a lot of people look at it. Um, but I kind of run the gamut. You know, I do what I can. I use everything that I can. So I use Craigslist. Uh, I've actually looked on MySpace jobs. A lot of those are regurgitated from other places, but you might find something there. Career Builder, I mentioned, I signed up on that one. Uh, it seems to me a little bit better than Monster. I used to use Monster, and that really doesn't do a thing for me these days, so I kind of strayed away from that. Uh, the Hot Jobs that I mentioned, I never really even looked at that one. Um, I always go to Creative Hot List, and I'm pretty sure I've put that one up before. Um, that's a great one that's just for design and copywriting and art directors and those kind of jobs. And uh, I've actually found quite a bit on there. Uh, there's there's job boards everywhere though. I mean, go to some of your favorite design sites and, and a lot of them are going to have job boards. So just look wherever you can. That is the easy part, right? So we find all these jobs. I'm actually, I found a lot to apply to, you know, 20, 30 in like a couple of, couple of weeks time that I applied for. The hard part is actually, you know, following up on that stuff, making sure that you, I kind of made a document where I documented, you know, this this was with this company. Uh, I applied for it on this date. Here was the title of the job, you know, blah, blah, blah. Here's a website and their contact info. So I can go back like a week later and email them. And then I write that in the document. I say, I followed up on this date and, and just trying to keep things organized and make sure that I do actually follow up with things. You know, you can't just send out your resume and portfolio and just sit there and, and wait for them to call you because that's not going to happen. I mean, there's too, too many people out there trying to get the same job that you're getting, trying to get to just wait around for them to call on you. You'd have to have a pretty amazing resume and portfolio for that to happen. You'd have to be, you, people would have to know your name basically. So, you know, don't just rest on your laurels. You got to actually put forth an effort. Keep trying to contact them. Another thing is so many people apply for these jobs. A lot of times they're not going to tell you what's going on. They're not going to tell you if they've gone to the interviewing process they're not going to tell you if the job is already filled. So it's your job to try and figure this stuff out. Follow-up emails, a great thing. Uh, if you can call there, that's also good. But a lot of people these days say no phone calls. They don't want you to. Um, we've talked about a couple of different strategies of keeping yourself in their brain. Obviously, emails is a way to do it. Maybe you send an, an extra sample with the email that you send, the follow-up email. Um, if you have their address, you could actually physically mail them 
uh, a sample or, or some sort of thing that you want to, to give to them to, to say, hey, here I am, you know, I'm still interested in this job. But basically, that's what you're trying to do. You're, you're like, you send in your resume, you know, a week or two later, you're trying to put yourself back in their mind and say, hey, I was one of the people that applied for this job. I really want it. Here's why I should have it. Um, a lot of times you might send that. And I usually try and ask, you know, if it's possible, if they can update me with where the process is. Have you brought people in for interviews yet? Uh, has a position been feel, filled or is it still available? Again, some of these people are so busy, you're not going to get an answer from that. If you're not a candidate that they're looking at, you might not ever hear from them again. That's just something you got to deal with, but you got to try. You keep trying. You keep. It's not going to hurt you to keep sending emails. You know, don't send too many. You don't want to annoy them in case you are a candidate, and then, you know, they decide that you shouldn't be because you're too annoying. But you know, just keep trying to put forth that effort. The main thing today was, hmm, actually, maybe we should get into that after. Actually, right now, let's talk about. Um, I'm going I'm to talk about an interview that I went on recently. But let's talk about how I actually got to that interview. And I've talked about in the past that I went to a staffing agency and it was a staffing agency that was uh, specifically for design professionals. So just like the website I was telling you, it's for graphic designers, web designers, production artists, art directors, copywriters, that kind of genre. I went to another one of those. Uh, it's in a different area, of course. And again, I'm not going to say the names of these businesses. I actually won't even tell you where I was, where I'm applying or where I was going um, for the protection of others and myself. But suffice it to say, I had a much better initial response with this company than I did a while back when I went to the company here in San Diego. Um, I'm not sure if that's because they have less clients or there's maybe not... A stiff competition for that kind of business in this specific area. Not really sure what the case is, but the initial response was very good. I went in, uh, I met with them again. You kind of do a, a mini interview with these people. You give them your resume and you show them show them portfolio pieces just like you would at a regular interview because they have to go and talk you up to other businesses. Um, I also took a test in InDesign, which I passed with flying colors. Uh, I must say was was pretty much a relief because I've been doing web work for a while now. I haven't really done much print. So that was good. Um, but they kind of asked me, what test do you want to take? You know, because it's all just showing them, you know, that you can actually work in a certain field or work in a, in a certain application. So I could have taken a cork test too, if I wanted to, I could have taken a web test. If I want said, you know, I'm looking for web design. They probably would have had to take, have me take like a Dreamweaver test or a hand coding test or something like that. Uh, so I did that. And then of course they send you off and they say, Oh, we're going to find you all these great jobs that you can, you know, go interview for and blah, blah, blah. Well, there was actually one position that had been with this company, with this staffing agency for a long time. It had been something like six or eight months, they said, and they kept sending people over and the the company just didn't like anybody, I guess. They didn't think it was going to be a good fit. And you'll see later why it was so hard for them to find somebody. Uh, it was for good reasons, of course. But um, I guess maybe I'll just jump ahead to after, you know, I've been with this staffing agency for probably a couple of months now. And after this one initial interview, this one job that was already there in their place, I've really gotten almost nothing from them. 
And I'm not sure if that's just people are dragging their feet with, with hiring people or I don't know. You know, a couple of things that I've noticed is I call these people half the time they're in a meeting, you know, or doing an interview with someone and they never call back the whole rest of the day. Sometimes they don't call back for a couple of days. Uh, I actually started initially by sending emails and that seemed to be even worse. So I figured calling would be a better idea. So I call and I leave a message. They don't call back. Sometimes I call at the end of the day also. Sometimes I call the next morning and I don't hear from these people for a couple of days. So that's not really, that's not really feeling very good, you know? And if I have a specific question, like they need to let me know the status of a job or something like that, if they don't know something, you know, I'm like, just call me and let me know that you don't know anything. Don't not return my call and just wait until you do know something and then call me. You know, I just, it's, it's something that maybe it's just me, but I think if you're running a professional business like that, you need to, the communication lines need to be wide open. You know, if I call and I want to know about something, you need to call me back and tell me about it because I'm losing faith. If they can't get back to me, are they doing this to the potential employers that are looking to hire people? Because if they do anything like that with them, those people are going to be put off as well. And there goes, you know, possible job opportunities for me. So ultimately, you know, I kind of got sick of that and started looking myself and started going to these websites that I was talking about earlier. And, um, well, we'll talk about that a little bit later, but I want to get into the actual job interview, which we'll talk about right after this. The keys to the game. All right, our key command for today is actually to change the keyboard shortcuts. A lot of you might not know that you can actually do this in pretty much any application these days, but in Illustrator and Photoshop, there's actually a key command to get into that dialog box to change some of the key commands. So this is great, a key command on how to change your key commands. Um, to do it on the Mac, you're gonna press Command, Option, Shift, and K. If you're on a PC, it's going to be Control, Alt, Shift, and K, and that will bring you right into the box. You can start changing things. If you want to make your own custom keyboard shortcuts and disregard all the keyboard shortcuts that I've been giving you on this show, uh, just kidding. But you can actually uh, make some new ones of your own if there's something that you use a lot and there is no key command for it. Uh, it's a great, great way to uh, customize your own keyboard, so check that out. All right, so the interview. The interview that I had was probably about a month ago, so I'm gonna try and remember it as much as I can in as great of detail as I can. Now, just a little background on where I am right now. I work for a company that is pretty small. I mean, we're getting up there now, we're getting up towards 100 employees, but it was pretty much a startup from the time that I got there until probably about six months ago or eight months ago when we were just recently purchased. Uh, things started changing a little bit then. But it's pretty relaxed. Uh, I wear t-shirt and shorts to work pretty much every day. Um, there are some people that dress up, but for the most part, you can come dressed as you know, dressed in whatever you want. Uh, it's very lax in the way that people talk to each other. There's there are lots of processes and and rules and things like that, but it's very relaxed, very very relaxed. So. That's where I come from, and I go into this job interview. It's a bigger company. It's a very large company. Um, again, I'm not going to tell you the name of it because a lot of you probably would know what it is, and not that that's going to harm any anything at all. But you know, I don't want to be divulging information that maybe I shouldn't about this company. But it's a pretty large company. They have a couple of different buildings of people. Um, 
they have you know the receptionists at the front and they have locked doors that people have the badges to get in and all that kind of stuff i have to actually sign in when i came in there so that they know how long i was there and for what and to see who um this place actually had a staffing agent or a staffing manager I'm not sure what the person was called but it was somebody that was you know part of this company that their whole job is doing interviews they do the first half of the interview or actually more like the first three quarters of the interview and then the rest of it is done by the actual manager that's hiring for their specific organization or their their team so i met with this this uh staffing manager we went into a separate room and just kind of talked uh they they basically try and figure out you know where you're at, what kind of person you are, uh, what kind of ex experiences you've had. They give you those standard questions. Uh, one of the questions was, you know, what is, what, what is an accomplishment that you're most proud of, you know, in your career? And I actually, the example that I gave, and it's one that I'll probably give from now on because this person was very good. She told me that she gave me feedback, like on the fly said, that's a great answer. You know, uh, I've heard a lot of people say different things. I've never heard anything like that. But what I told her is this podcast, this podcast, of course, is one of my greatest accomplishments and one that, that I'm very proud of because I feel like, you know, with the emails and the responses that I get from people, I help a lot of people with this. And for me, it was just something to do. It was something to try out this new technology of podcasting. And it turned into this huge thing that, that had me actually helping other people. So I used that. She loved that answer. Um, but I really liked the interaction between me and this person was great because like I said, she let me know when I was doing well. She let me know, oh, that's a great answer. You know, that's, that's very cool. And she was very personable. I felt like we kind of hit it off and we were getting along well. Um, they want to learn a lot about your personality. And I've talked about this in the past. It's not just your skills. It's not just, you know, what you can do in the applications. It not, it's not just how good of an artist you are and how creative you are. You have to mesh with the people that you work with, because if that doesn't happen, then none of that other stuff is going to matter because people are going to be miserable in their jobs if they have to work to, with each other and they don't get along. So the main thing of this is to figure out what kind of person you are and what kind of worker you are. So there were a lot of questions about, you know, past experiences with managers. She asked me about, you know, a particular difficulty that me and a former manager had, you know, and I talked about, I probably talked about this, uh, who knows, a year or two ago, maybe towards the beginning of a marketing manager, a marketing supervisor that I used to work with that, would just get on my nerves constantly because she didn't know anything. You know, she would ask questions and talk to me like she knew what I was doing or what I was supposed to be doing. And she had no clue, you know, but as we grew, as we worked together more and more, we kind of learned each other's, you know, we learned what, what we needed to know about each other's job. And, and that became a bond that was, you know, I wasn't going to go and hang out with this person outside of work, although I could have, it was a perfectly nice person. But, you know, when we were working together, we got along to the point where we could make things happen. We could work together and work through problems and, and make sure the, the stuff that needed to get done was getting done. And again, that was another thing. She's like, that, that demonstrates something that was very good because you started out with a difficulty, yet you were able to work through it and actually build a bond with this other person so that you could get stuff done. Uh, another thing that, that she said showed, it showed a lot. You know, it shows a lot about what kind of worker you are and what kind of person you are because you were able to, I was able to overcome these, these things that were wrong 
and, and turn it into a positive. So a lot of stuff about that. I also took a test. Um, great. I, I totally am spacing the name of the test. Uh, a lot of you might actually know it. It's, it's basically just like a, um, it's a test that tells them what kind of person and worker you are as well. It gives you these questions. They're not really questions. It gives you a set of like four or five different terms. And you have to basically choose the one that most reflects yourself and how you work. So an example of this might be, you know, one word is outgoing. Uh, one word is stubborn, you know, words like that, where it's kind of describing a certain type of person or a certain way that a person might work. And they're all going to be, you know, some of them might be similar. A lot of them are going to be, you know, kind of opposites of each other because they're trying to figure out what kind of person you are. So you go through and you pick all these different terms that you think describe yourself, you know, better than any of the other terms in that particular question. And what it does, uh, the way this test works, it it adds up, you know, how, however many ones, I can't remember if they were numbered or if they were letters, but you get like a certain score and they have a key that tells them, okay, this score to this score means you're this type of person. And with me, it's, it's a very kind of subdued, like I'm good at, I'm good at taking direction and just going and doing it, but I'm not a super outspoken person, which uh, I don't know, might be might be surprising to some since I do this, although I just have to sit here and stare at my computer. I don't have to talk to somebody, you know, face to face, but I'm not super outgoing. I'm not somebody who's going to make sure that my voice, I voice my opinion all the time. So it kind of tells you, tells them that, like, what kind of person are you? Um, are you a difficult person to work with because you always have to have your way? Uh, things like that. So it gives them a better idea of that, you know, it's just a quick way to, to find out these things without having to have you know, years of experience of working with you. Now, I want to go back and say that I was talking about before that they were looking for a, an employee for six or eight months or something, they said, and just couldn't find the right person. And I say that that would become apparent here because one of the things we talked about is how hard it is to find somebody that really meshes with the team, that really fits with the people that are already working there and one thing that this company does is they make sure that that happens because uh, the person actually told me that they're like, when you come to this job on the first day, we want you to feel like we are welcoming you with open arms because we already know that you're going to be an integral part of this team. We already know that you're going to fit in with the culture that's already here because that's why we go through this huge process. So, you know, there's no... There's no guarantee that it's always going to work, but they're trying to minimize the guesswork. They don't want you coming in not knowing anything about you, except for the fact that you're some whiz kid with design and not knowing if you're going to mesh well with the other people that already work there. Uh, because as we said, that's very a very important thing in, in terms of being able to get stuff done and be able to do your job effectively. So they give you this big test. Well, it's not a big test. It took me like 10 minutes. And we had this long conversation and just kind of went over everything. So this person goes through the the typical things that you would do in an interview. She's not there to answer questions, specific questions about what the actual team does that you're going to be a part of. 
she's there to ask you things, like I said, like what's something that you've accomplished and you're proud of? What's something, what's the hardest thing that you've ever faced in your career? You know, how do you work with managers? Uh, what's your ideal manager was one of the questions. And they weren't always all, you know, what do you think your strengths are? What do you think your weaknesses are? It's not always going to be that cut and dry. It's not, people actually have evolved from those age-old questions that, that tend to be in, you know, normal interviews. Some of these questions are going to be a little more dynamic than that, but this is the this is the general stuff that anybody's going to want to know because they're just trying to figure out what kind of person, what kind of worker you are. And I guess my advice for this would be just to be yourself. You know, you don't want to go in somewhere trying to, to, to think that you're going to be or act like the person that you think they want because that's just not going to happen. I mean, even if you did trick them into thinking that you're the perfect candidate because you were acting a certain way because you thought they wanted that, it's not going to end up working out, you know, because you can only act for so long and you'll be in that job working with people and things will happen and it's just not going to work out. So just be yourself. Don't be afraid to be yourself, especially in our, in the field that we're in, they expect us to be a little out there. You know, we're not supposed to be uh, the same as maybe like an accountant or, you know, something I'm just trying to come up with some kind of dry career like that. We're, we're typically going to be a little more on the wild side, you might say, a little crazier because that's where, you know, that's the side of the brain we use. That's where this creativity comes from. So don't be afraid to be yourself. Um, if you're not the person they're looking for, then that's not the job for you. You know, it might seem like it's the job for you because you don't have any other prospects and you really, really, really want this one. But if it's not working out that way, then that's not the job for you. And you just need to accept that as hard as it is, because I know that it's hard. I've been through the same thing. After that, I met with the actual manager of, uh, I was going for a web design position. So I met with the web design manager and we talked about more specifics about the job, which is some of the things that really made me really like this company and want this job. I already liked and respected the company because they take the time to really make sure that their employees are the right employees, are the right people that fit in that team and fit in that job. I thought that was great. Um, upon talking to the manager, I, I liked everything else I heard. You know, I work in a pretty loose environment. Uh, I'm the only person that does what I do. So I basically answer to managers. I answer to marketing managers. They give me specs and they, you know, give me kind of loose guidelines as to what they'd like to see. But it's basically up to me to create everything, take it back to them and say, do you like this? If not, they don't really tell me how to make it, you know, how to fix it. I have to go back and fix it myself and just, you know, keep going through that process. Uh, there's not a whole lot of processes in place as far as what I do, which is where I run into a lot of problems. You know, I don't have a creative director. I don't have an art director. Um, there's not like a chain right there that there's a, a certain process of going through different revisions and going to, to these people and, and having them put me on the right track. It just doesn't always happen that way. So that's something I've been looking for. And that was something that this job had. Um, it's also very split up. In my job, I do... Uh, the design. I do the coding of the pages. I also do, you know, some of the dynamic, some of the JavaScript things as well. I also do Flash and action scripting sometime. Uh, I also sometimes make the wireframes before I, we actually build the pages. And this is not typical, you know. If you have a, a larger size company, you're going to find that there will be people that do the development part. 
you know, even if you're not talking about like Java development, we're just talking about things like, you know, building the dynamic parts of the page, the JavaScript stuff. Um, if there's any kind of interaction with Java, then, you know, JSPs or ASP or PHP, or all, all those things, you're going to have a different people, a different group of people that build the wireframes, that build the, the very, very most basic form of the layout of the page that you can get. Then you're going to have web designers. Now, web designer is not exactly what I am right now. It is the position that I was going for. And a web designer, they make the graphics for the page. They might actually code it as well and, and put you know make sure that those graphics get in the right place on the page. But their main function is to design what the website looks like. That is what a true web designer, at least in my eyes, is. It's not somebody that does all those other things as well. So... Um, that's that's really the difference between a web designer and a web developer. But this job was for a web designer, and, and I was excited because I wouldn't be burdened with all these other things that I don't really know all that well. You know, um, I'm more specialized. I came from print. You know, I'm good at making graphics. I'm good in Photoshop. I'm good in Illustrator, and I'm good enough to optimize those and make them into uh, a decent-looking website. Uh, I have enough experience building user user interface, user experiences to be able to build websites. But some of that coding stuff, some of that uh, dynamic code, it just it doesn't doesn't click for me. So. It, w it was going to be a relief for me to be able to move kind of away from that stuff and just do the design. So anyways, I talked with this person, uh, showed them some of the websites that I had worked on. And this was more like a typical, you're meeting with the art director or somebody like that for, you know, to interview for the job. They know exactly what's going on. They know what you, what skill set you need, what, what tools you need for the job. And they can tell if you have those tools or not already. So I showed them some of my things, kind of talked about each example, what I did on the project, um, you know, what tools I used, things of that nature. Uh, we talked about how big the team was and what kind of communication there was between the team, you know, because like I said, it's split up in all into all these different entities. You actually actually have to have a lot of communication between those groups because you're all working on the same thing. Just kind of this is this is the part of the interview where you ask all the questions that you have. You know, you want anything you want to know about the job, what you're going to have to do, your your tasks that you'll be um, responsible for, the the other teams that you're going to have to work with, and things like that. This is where you ask all the questions. And this was, like I said, it was more of what I'm used to. It was that first part where I'm actually meeting with somebody completely different from the human resources department. Um, and maybe that's just me. Maybe I haven't applied for enough jobs and interviewed with companies that are larger because it seems like that's probably uh, more of a typical thing that would happen. All in all, I thought the interview went very well. Of course, this was a month ago, so I already know that the outcome was that I didn't get the job, which was sad because I really did like this company. Uh, it came down between me and one other person, and of course the other person got it, which... Um, is encouraging, but also I think kind of hurts more as well. You know, it's kind of like watching uh, one of your sports teams play and they lose by, you know, a point and in the last minute. It's kind of like you'd rather just have them get killed instead of see them get that, that close and not really be able to achieve it, achieve their goal. Um, one thing I did after I found out that I didn't get the job, I emailed that 
uh, staffing manager and ask them, and I, I think I've said this before, I asked them if there was anything in the interview that they thought that I could improve upon. Um, some people, I don't, I don't know if they'll be allowed to answer that or if they'll be allowed to actually be in contact with you after. Um, she kind of gave me encouragement and said there was really nothing wrong. It just came down to me versus this other candidate and the, the man, the hiring manager decided to go with the other candidate. So really wasn't much we could do there. Um, but I always like to kind of throw that out there, especially if you're new to the job hunt, you know, it just gets better with every time you go, you, you learn new things about, you know, what about yourself it is you need to share. Uh, what are the good things to say? What are the bad things to say? And of course, you know, over the couple, I think I've done probably four or five different episodes about uh, interviewing for a job, but kind of throw, try and throw these things out so that you can get an idea and maybe start thinking in your head, okay, what was that? What would I say to that question? Because I mean, you can only prepare so much eventually you're going to go into an interview and somebody's going to throw a question at you and you're just not going to know what to say right off the bat. And I think that's pretty normal, but you know, the faster, the quicker you are, the better answers that you have for these things. And, and the better you are at sharing your experiences and how that's helped you become a, a better professional, the better off you're going to do in the interviews. And I think I'm finally getting to that point where First of all, I've been working for a long time, so I know what I want in a job. Uh, I know things that have gone wrong in the jobs that I've had, and I know when things have gone right and why they've gone right, and also why things have gone wrong. So it helps me to know how to answer these questions and and really show these hiring managers or whoever it is that you're talking to, show them what you're looking for and that you know what you're looking for. And, and if it seems like this company has what you're looking for, then it's going to click right there. Uh, I've done a lot of interviews now. Uh, even just over the last year, I've done more than probably I've ever done. And like I said, you just get better every time. You know, I learn things from each one and then I'm able to take that to the next one and I think do a better job. And then basically it's all up to my work. Uh, my work has to speak for itself. So um, that was pretty much that experience. Now, that's what I call a rookie mistake. For the rookie mistake, I want to kind of jump back into what I was talking about, about the staffing agency that I was using. Again, um, I think probably a misconception is that you can go to one of these places and they'll just find you a job. I mean, it might actually happen that way sometimes. Sometimes you'll just walk in the door right when they have this killer job that that you know they're looking for a great candidate and you just happen to come there on that day and they get you an interview and you get that job it's probably not going to happen all that often though and as much as these companies do staffing and as much as you know they have a reputable name or whatever and have lots of companies bringing jobs into them it's not always going to work and it's it's just difference in personalities it's it's all kinds of differences that can play into this so uh the mistake is don't walk in there thinking that they're just going to do all the work for you. That's nothing's that easy ever. Make sure you rely on yourself. You know, you can give them your information. You can say, I'm looking for this kind of job and they can go off and they can look for you. And that's great. But if you're looking at the same time, then that's two different people looking for you for a job at the same time. That doubles your chances. Uh, you might do actually better than them at finding stuff to apply for. 
because they they all they have is the people that they've worked with or people that bring them jobs. So the case is you'll probably find more to apply for, but the fact is you're having yourself doing the job and you're having someone else do the job for you. So only good can come of that. You know, you don't want to just hand it over to them and think, I'm just going to sit here and relax and, and sit on the couch and watch TV and wait for them to get me a job. If you have a job already and you're happy with that job and you want, you're okay with being there another year or two, then you could probably do that. But if you're trying to find a job right now, then don't do that. <laughs> don't rely on them. Now, if you're not working, your situation will be a little bit different. Uh, a lot of these places have temporary jobs or temp to hire jobs that they can put you in. And that is going to actually go a lot faster. And if you don't have a job at all, sometimes it's a lot easier to get a job because places will just all of a sudden, I need somebody today or I need somebody in the office tomorrow. And that will work to your benefit. So, uh, but again, I mean, you should be looking on your own as well. And just to reiterate, a lot of these places do freelance work as well. So if you're trying to make it on your own and just do freelance work, a lot of these places will be able to hook you up with people for that as well. Uh, but just make sure that you look for yourself and uh, things will be a lot better off. Things are getting a bit out of hand. Looks like it's time to go to the bullpen. Since we're talking about job hunting, uh, I wanted to take you to uh, a website that actually has some information about that stuff. And it, this is a great website as well. I actually might have put it in the bullpen before, but it is the How website. And that's uh, How Design, Creativity, and Business. They also make a, a magazine as well. But that you can find at howdesign.com. Um, I'm going to send you to a particular article that's about job hunting. It says job hunting tips for, for every day, for every market rather. And it just gives you a, a few tips about your resume, you know, things about asking questions, things like that. Um, but if you go to this page, you'll also notice that you're kind of in the job search, um, the job search section of the website. And if you look at the secondary navigation, there's like job bank, uh, job search tips, resume, portfolio, interviewing, salary, uh, all kinds of other things that you can check out. Um, one of those most importantly being the job bank, which I told you a lot of these websites do have some kind of job board that you can look for jobs on. So check that out. And uh, once again, we'll be sending you to the how website so you can get some tips on how to get that job. All right. So just to wrap it up here uh, again, we'll be doing one more show for this month. And then after that, we're going to be taking a three month hiatus in which I'm going to uh, try and get as much done as I can and see if we can come back and start fresh on this podcast and, and keep it going. And uh, I will keep you updated with that. Uh, I, I am going to keep the website up again. Nothing's going away. So all the old podcasts will be there for you if you want to go back and listen to them again, or if you're new to this podcast. Um, this, of course, is episode number 100. So you can find all the other 99 uh, that are still on the website there. Either they're on the feed or they're in the archives on the website. Uh, you can get them either way. Uh, the, uh, I guess we'll just go into the contact information now. If you want to ask me a question or suggest something for the show, uh, you can definitely do that. Just email me at adam at rookiedesigner.com. You can go to myspace.com slash rookie designer. Um, the best way is to go to the forums and you can just post topics up in there as well. 
and be able to talk to myself sometimes uh, when I have time to get up there, as well as hundreds of other designers from around the world. And if you have questions or anything like that, a lot of those people have great, great answers to it. And you can get uh, some different opinions from, from different kinds of designers. So I think that's a great thing. So check that out, rookiedesigner.com slash forum. And I forget what I was talking about before, but yeah, I am going to be around, hopefully be able to be on the forums a little bit more. Oh yeah. And I'm, uh, when you go to rickydesigner.com, there's kind of a news section there where I was putting up news uh, quite some time ago. I'm going to try and keep that going. I actually have an interview planned, uh, uh, an email interview that I was going to post up there soon. So just keep checking back to the website. Uh, please let people know that it's there if if you think this is a resource that they could use. Again, if they're new to it, there's 100 episodes that are going to be new to them. So uh, please tell them where it is and help out the show that way. And... Uh, I guess I'll be talking to you again in a couple of weeks here. And uh, thank you so much for for keeping the show going. You, you, you guys are really the reason that I kept this going for like two years already. And uh, we're going to try and make sure that we can keep it going longer than that. Um, but thank you so much for downloading the shows, for subscribing, and, and just being uh, the greatest audience ever. And I, I couldn't ask for anything more. So thank you for that. And... Uh, that's about it for this one. So I guess we'll talk to you in a couple of weeks. And just remember that everyone's a rookie before they're an all-star. That one's high. It's got the distance. It's Yeah, man.